Good to see, good to see all of you. Thank you for uh, for coming tonight. We want to teach from the thought a good soldier of Jesus Christ. A good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, when when we are uh, when we're seeking to have greater understanding of um, our own advancement in the kingdom or when we're looking at uh, even as a church, as leaders, as people involved, there are some topics in the Word of God that we can gain great insight from. One of those is shepherding, very powerful. Farming is, is another very powerful concept. Fishing. These are, these are concepts in the Word of God that if that if we'll take the individual concept and we'll go deeper, there's a lot of revelation that can be gained from them. But also warfare. Warfare is one, and that will be where we will focus tonight with a special emphasis on being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, admittedly, that's not that great of a title, and I understand that. But it's like... That says it. That's, that's exactly what we're going to be focused on tonight. I am always amazed and thankful for the working of the Spirit. How, how God, by His Spirit, puts things together. And so last week was when I gained direction on this, uh, this topic. And then early Sunday morning, I... I was in town and was not ministering Sunday, and so early that morning uh, I woke up and the Lord was giving me more, uh, more information on tonight, and so I, I went to my computer and started writing down spirit-led notes. Uh, we're all very thankful when those of us who teach and preach are very happy when that happens. And then I was able to uh, be here and hear a pastor's message live instead of, of following up on, on Facebook with it. He spoke about being planted in a hard place. Planted in a hard place. If you did not, if you were not able to be here Sunday, you, you need to listen to that. It was, it was quite a word. I was listening to him preach Sunday, and then I was, my mind was going to what I had already typed, earlier that morning, and I realized very clearly that the Spirit is seeking to direct a mind shift, a mind shift. We're in very demanding days, we're in trying days, important days, I get that, and it's very important that we will have the right mindset about this, this day. Basically, I feel like what the Spirit is saying, and, and I hope everybody will receive this well, but I believe that the Spirit is saying now would be a good time to toughen up. Now would be a good time to toughen up. Now would be a good time to be able to live that we can take a licking and keep ticking. Is this making sense? 
be, be a good time. Now would be a good time to allow the Spirit of God to work in our lives in such a manner to where it really takes a lot to jar us. To where it, it takes a lot to stun us or surprise us or mess us up. Now, now would be a very good time to position ourselves, to position our thinking, to do the deep work, to go deeper, to where it just takes a lot to rattle us. This is the day that we are, that we are moving in. So now let's go to our, to our text at the top of your handout. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm going to read this, and I'm going to add a little bit along as we're dealing with, with verses 1 through 4. Strong in what? Our ability? Strong, strong in what? Our determination? Strong in our willpower? No, strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We go to verse 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. I believe that we need to get serious about taking what we have heard and committing it to faithful people who can teach others. We need more people teaching others. You need to be a teacher. I need to be a teacher. We need to be a teacher. And, and I'm not just focusing on go teach a Bible study, which obviously that's good. But I'm just talking about when we come in to... Um, to this tabernacle, when, when we hear the Word of God, or when we are in our own time of studying the Word of God, that, that what we receive, that what we hear, that we do the hard work to be able to share that with someone, and, and we're looking to do that. Now, I know that, that many people don't don't take notes. I've, I do. I try to take notes. I've, I can't remember everything. Um, last night, I mean, not last night, Sunday night, um, while I was, while I was laying in bed about to go to sleep, I, I pulled out the notes that I took on Sunday morning on, on his message. And, you know, I was just reading down it again. Well, well, why? Well, I'm trying to do more than hear. I'm trying to learn something. I mean, I'm, I'm trying for something to actually stick. You know, to where, I can, to where I can think back on something that I've heard and do more than say, that was good. Well, what did you, what did you really like about it? Uh, it was good. It was good. Well, and... He, he was anointed. It was good. When we're talking about positioning ourselves, listen, 
it's a big deal to be able to come in and hear somebody share the word. That's a big deal. That's not just a weekly agenda item. Like, like it's, it's a big deal to be able to read the Word of God and, and get something. It's not, just, it's not just for us. We need to be taking what we've heard and committing it to other people. So I would ask you this. Do you, wanna, do you want to progress? Do you want to do that? Do you want to lead? There's nothing wrong with that. Then intentionally teach. And when I'm talking about teaching, it's not always, okay, now we're starting at 1 o'clock, here's your handout, here's... The, no, no, it's not just that, it's, it's sharing. It can just be a conversation. Um, it can be the teachable moment. The teachable moment are, are those moments that it just presents itself. And then we share what, what has been put into our spirit. I believe it's very important that we all stay focused on those opportunities to share what we have received, whether it's been over the pulpit in our, in our personal study. You say, well, that's not my personality. Well, I can say this, that I think any personality can teach something to someone one-on-one. It may never be your personality to get up here. You may not be wired or gifted to get up in a pulpit like this, and that's okay. You may never stand in front of a small group, or that's okay, but you can teach. You can teach. This, This verse, I don't believe, is just speaking solely of a teacher in front of a group. Then we move to verse 3, and it's, it's the, the big one. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Again, the connection with last Sunday's message, planted in a hard place. Now, when we look at, at verse 4, it starts giving us good direction on being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And we're saying a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So let's, let's move down and, um, and get a little more information on this. I want to share a key military term, combat ready. Combat ready. This is speaking of being sufficiently equipped, trained, and numerically strong to engage an enemy. Sufficient, if we're going to be combat ready, we need to be sufficiently equipped and trained and numerically strong to engage an enemy. Now, whenever I share with you this term, this is just a term that was given on the internet, speaking of the, of the U.S. Army. Now, in the army of King Jesus, one plus him equals numerically strong enough. we got to get this right. When we're, when we're talking about natural armies or whatever, then it's, you know, if, if we're going up against a thousand, we really need more than two. We get that. But we've got to understand something about being a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
it only takes one plus him. And numerically, we're in good shape. It's, it's kind of like when the servant came in and said, you know, we're surrounded. And immediately, what, what the prophet said, he didn't even say how many are out there. Well, how many have surrounded us? What are we up against? He didn't even say that. He didn't even go outside. He didn't care about the number. He just said, there's more with us than there are with them. Because when we're talking about being a soldier in the king's army, when we're, when we're talking about the Lord of hosts, when, when we're talking about that, then one plus him is enough. 1 Timothy 6 and 12, speaking about war, speaking about fighting, speaking about being a good soldier. Fight the good fight of faith. We, we do not need to lose our fight. We need to enhance it. Amen, somebody? We, we, don't, we don't need to get to a point to where we think this is not going to be a fight. Yes, yes, he's going to refresh us. Yes, he's going to help us. Yes, there's going to be times of peace and refreshing. I get all of that. But, but we're, we're on a battleground down here. We're not on a playground. It's never going to be a playground. It is a battleground, and I think some people seem to just be surprised at the fight when it's very clear in Scripture that that's exactly what we will be dealing with. So when we're speaking of being combat ready... This demands basic training. How many, of you, how many of you have ever gone through basic training? Uh, do you mind standing? If, if you have been through, I'd, I'd like to see everybody here who has gone through basic training. Can we give these people a hand? All you soldiers may be seated. Basic training is designed to be highly intense and challenging. The challenge comes as much from the difficulty of physical training as it does from the psychological adjustment to an unfamiliar way of life. I put that in your notes for a reason. Whenever I was doing some research on on basic training, this is what I came across. Initial entry training is divided into two parts. One is called BCT, which is basic combat training, and AIT, advanced individual training. AIT consists of the remainder of the total basic training period, and it's where recruits train in the specifics of their chosen fields. There's something that we can learn from the U.S. Army. As such, AIT is different for each available Army career path or MOS, Military Occupational Specialty. You say, that's a lot of terms. Well, it's only three. I'm not using it anymore. AIT courses can last anywhere from four weeks to seven months and possibly more for foreign language training. Soldiers are still continually tested for physical fitness and weapons proficiency and are subject to the same duties, strict daily schedule, and disciplinary rules as in BCT. 
So here are the three terms again in your notes. BCT, basic combat training. AIT, advanced individual training. MOS, military occupational specialty. So what does this have to do with us? Here's, here's what I think it is. I believe it would be very valuable for the king's army to adopt this thinking regarding our personal, spiritual, soldier readiness. These same steps. There are common values and practices that we must be proficient in. We can call that basic training. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. It does not matter how advanced we become in any particular area, trust me, and please hear me when I say, we slack on the basics to our own peril. We slack on the basics to our own peril. When you read Matthew 6, it shares four main basics. Obviously, the Word we wouldn't even know the other three if it wasn't for the Word. So we start with the Word. Then it says, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Word, giving, praying, fasting. I promise you that if you commit yourself to those four basics, And it does not matter how proficient you get in using a weapon. It doesn't matter how much you learn in any other way. If we would always stay focused on those four major basics, those four major gauges on the life board of our, on the dashboard of our life. The word. Giving, praying, and fasting. It's interesting to me how it's even laid out in Scripture. When we're reading the Word of God, it's not enough just to read it and get what the Word says. The progression always matters. And it's so interesting to me that Jesus started off with, when you give. When you give. Be a giving person. And then said, when you pray, and then when you you fast. I am... I am amazed at the conversations that I get into with people that when we go below the surface, I realize that they have moved away from these basics and they're wondering why they're lost. And and I'm not rude. You know, I'm not rude to them. There's many times that you want to say something and, and, you know, the Holy Ghost says it would be a better idea if you wouldn't. It's good to let the Holy Ghost move. Many times I've overridden the Holy Ghost to my peril and, and to my trouble. Trying to learn to, to be right and, and not be you know rude, crude, and social unacceptable and all that. But it's like we're wondering why that we can't get a word when we're not in the word. We're, we're wondering... We're wondering why these basic things, when, when we've moved away from basic training, these are the basic things that a good soldier must do. Then the next level of learning 
when we when we move on up to to the the other level of advanced individual training well we we need to move on and understand how god wired us what what individual ability he's given us and flow in it and if you can't sing then accept it but i but i have a desire to sing well let that desire flow out in the shower or in the bathtub or, or wherever. It's like, it's this wiring thing. Can you imagine what could happen in our life if every one of us would quit looking at someone else and judging our kingdom ability by somebody else or somebody else's opportunity or, or whether their gifting lands them on the platform or not, and they would just breathe and say, Hey, God. I judge you right. You wired me exactly how I was supposed to be wired. And what I'm going to do is, is yes, I'm going to focus on all these basic things. I'm going to have the basic training right. But, but there's some individual things that you've put in me that I am going to intentionally build very strong on top of the basics. It's a life changer. And then when we talk... And understand how, how God seeks to use us consistently, not sporadically, then it's, it's amazing. It's amazing what this can do for us. We, we think the body in general, yes, but we also think the member in particular. It's not, it's not enough just to be a part of, let's, let's use it like this. It's not enough just to be a part of the body of New Life Fellowship. I mean, thank God you're, you're in this body. Yes, we've, we've got room now for a lot of other bodies. But it's not enough that I'm in the body. It's what member am I in particular? And when we get this right, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Because this is often a fertile area for confusion that results in inaction when we don't have it right. When, when we're just a part of the general body, but we really don't know what our individual place is, then it's, that's fertile thinking. Then we can just end up inactive. And that's just not the will of God. Because it's not enough just to keep up with the pack around here, and that's good. But we, gotta, we, we must keep up with the king. It's, it's not enough that I just keep up with kind of the movement of this church. I've got to keep up with the king, what the king is saying in, in my life. So when we're a functioning, when we function as the member that he's equipped us to be, and we get this BCT thing right and this AIT thing right and this MOS thing right, then, then we're, we're heading in the right direction. But the word also says, endure hardness, 2 Timothy 2 and 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. In other words, it's saying, suffer hardship and trouble. Suffer hardship and trouble. Please, if, if you're new in your walk with God, please, don't think when you start having trouble or hardship that, that something's wrong. And no, hate to tell you, but something's right. 
Something's right. You know, it's kind of like when you come up for air, breathe deep. You, you, have a, you have a wonderful day, a great day, everything goes right. Get by Kroger Bakery, buy you a cupcake, go to the aisle where they have candles, shove some candles in that thing, light that sucker, and look at it and blow it out and celebrate any of those days where everything goes right. Buy yourself a cupcake. Don't even wait for somebody else. You have, you have a great day and everything's just going wonderful. Go celebrate yourself. There's just some things in, in life that have to be endured. And let's not be so focused on enjoy that we have no place for endure. Don't, don't be that person. Don't, don't be that person that is just all, oh, but we just got to enjoy. Listen, enjoy whatever you can enjoy. But, but don't, what, what does the Bible say? Think it not strange, my brother, concerning the what? The fiery trials that are sent to what? To try you. How are we even going to know if, if we don't? How, are we, how do we progress unless we prove? Different steps. You don't ask somebody for advice that their, that their world has never been rocked. I mean, I can love everybody, but if I need advice, I, I want to talk to somebody who's further down the road than me, and, and, they've, and they've had to deal with some stuff. In that book, Insanity of God, it comes to my mind right now. I was talking to Brother Coach Bar about this, I believe, Sunday. Um, they, there, was this, there was this leader in the underground church that was showing a lot of potential. And, and the question was, what do you think about him? And, and the leader said, said, well, he's got a lot of potential, but he hadn't been in prison yet. How's that for leadership development? That literally in the underground church with them, until you had spent three years in prison for the gospel, they wouldn't even elevate you as a leader. Because they didn't know if you could be trusted as a leader. Boy, we hate it whenever we run into perspective like that, don't we? Endurance. 2 Timothy 4, 3-5. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We're talking about endurance now. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. And fables is speaking of tales, fiction, and myth. And God knows there's an epidemic of that mess in a lot of pulpits. But watch thou in all things endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. It's interesting to me to see how when, when the text is speaking of enduring, the two topics are sound doctrine and affliction. Endure. It's saying endure. Endure what? Sound doctrine and affliction. 
Now, it's easy for us to understand affliction. That's, yes, we need to, to, uh, to endure that. But what about when it comes to sound doctrine? What is this saying? I believe that we need to understand how standing for sound doctrine will bring us times our endurance can only bring us through. Let's get this right. We need to understand how standing for sound doctrine will bring times in our life that then again endurance is going to be the only way that we're going to be able to to stand through it. Because you start talking about, you move from fables into sound doctrine, doctrine. you move out of tales, you move out of, of myths, you move out of all of that, and you start zeroing in on sound doctrine, sound teaching, then, then guess what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to do some enduring, because there's a lot of people that's not interested in sound doctrine. Matthew 5 and 11 Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. Here's the key three words. For my sake. For my sake. We're not talking about there are some people that get reviled and there are some people that get persecuted because they just put themselves in a position and acted or reacted in a way that they needed it. We're not talking about that. We're talking about when that happens for his sake. Matthew 24, 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Again, a tie back to Sunday morning's message. Planted in a hard place. The Spirit is speaking to the church. Well, see in your notes, it also speaks of entanglement. So less, a good soldier of Jesus Christ must avoid entanglement. In other words, that's speaking of entwine, involved with. Entwine, involved with. In this day and time, entanglement easily happens. It's so easy to get entangled in, in this day and time with belief or connection. We have to be very careful of both. We have to be very careful that we do not become entangled with wrong beliefs. And we need to be careful that we do not become entangled with wrong people. It can get us on on both sides. Our souls can very easily be placed in harm's way. Many years ago, speaking of entanglement, um, there was a young man in our church that he and his family went out for a swim, and they were members of our church. And he went underwater and somehow became entangled in fishing line some way and, and lost his life. And it was, I mean, it was, it was such a heartbreak to all of us to just get the call that that's what had happened. And as I was putting this together, I was thinking... It's exactly what happens to people spiritually. That's, that's, I've seen it over and over and over. And, and I, can, I can name people. You, you can name people that, that they just became 
entangled. And at this point, it looks as though they've lost their spiritual life. I have an apostolic study Bible, and I, I like looking at the, uh, at the commentary written by some of our scholars who believe in one God or Holy Ghost filled and, and spirit led. I like, I like hearing what they say, and I really liked what was written by one of them about this. They said, Paul speaks of how a soldier endured many hardships, including battle, so must a believer. As a good soldier focuses on pleasing his commander and does not get caught up in distracting civilian affairs, so should the believer be focused on the things of God and not the things of this life. Entangled, entangled. The enemy loves entanglement. Well, when we consider now the the mental and the physical state needed for us to be a good soldier, we'll we'll first deal with mentality. Because we're talking about mind warfare, it's a continual battle. It's it's the good and the bad of this of this the mentality of a good soldier. We'll we'll start with the bad, then we'll work to the good. Number 1, distraction. Distraction. I promise you, and, and you, you know this if you have, have been living for God long at all, that the enemy's hand can definitely be quicker than our eye. There, there's no doubt. Uh, the enemy is a master distract, distractor, and distraction is a constant. It's a constant. Have any of you noticed just how difficult it is to stay on the path of righteousness as we seek to fulfill the will of God in, in our life? Does anybody else struggle with that, or is that just me? Distraction, distraction. And it's like when we do actually stop and prioritize, uh, have you noticed the pull of life away from those priorities? It's absolutely crazy. I don't have time to break this this down. Just distraction. That's a lesson or maybe a series within itself. But when we're talking about priorities, let me just give you something for your consideration. For us to just prioritize. Now think about your individual life. For us to just prioritize being a king-pleasing individual, family member slash provider, and kingdom builder. That would take all the time we have. I mean, when you break it down, to be a king-pleasing individual. Okay, that's going to take time because every it's like what I say all the time. Every morning I get up, my flesh is gone the night before and, and worked out in the gym and, and is ready to fight me every day, all, all day. It's just to be a king-pleasing individual, that's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take study. It's going to take focus just to do that. Well, now let's move into being a king-pleasing family member. So are you a husband? Are you a wife? Are you a husband father? Are you a wife mother? Are you a grandfather? Are you a grandmother? Um, 
Uh, are you, are you, um, do you live in a house by yourself, but you're connected to other families like your family, or you have family? When we're talking about that, and then providing, just providing, is anybody noticing that the money's not going as far as it, as it went a few, a uh, few years ago? Is anybody astounded when you go to the grocery store and remember what you used to pay for So when we're talking about that, and then kingdom builder, being a king-pleasing kingdom builder. Well, what does that mean? That means that we're going to invest time with people who need a relationship with the king. We're we're going to invest time with with people who need to understand about the king and the kingdom and kingdom entry and kingdom life. Time's gone, folks. If, If we prioritize those three things, and there's that continual distraction away because distraction is real so it would be good to to give this this consideration what are our areas of personal distraction i'm not i'm not talking about your spouse or your kids or you us everybody what are the areas of personal what distracts me what distracts you? It would be, it'd be good to get that talking about a soldier, talking about weapons. Why don't we put that in our crosshairs? Why, why don't we figure out, okay, where am I distracted? What is distracting me? What, what is the distraction that I fight most? To answer that question, to have that clear, would be gold. To have that and then, and then not just having the answer, but then fighting it. Figure out where you're losing your time. Figure it out. Figure out, and hey, it may be a different distraction last month. Now it's a new distraction. Now this distraction thing is real. I mean, it's real. It's, it's not going to let up. We're going to fight distraction. Now, a side note, now, now, I'm, now I'm just turning and going a total different direction. You ready? This is just based on my, my past history of, of pastoring. Um, the enemy desires any of us to be a distraction to the pastor. He absolutely does. Um, I wish, I wish that every church could adopt this value: no bad news to the pastor on Sunday. No bad news on Sunday. Now, if somebody's dying, he needs to hear about that. If somebody has a heart attack, in it, he needs to hear about that. But if somebody just had a bad day or whatever, no, and especially before he preaches. But this is serious. It's distraction. Well, why? Because if the pulpit can be distracted, the flow is not going to be what it could be when he's in the pulpit. Now, I have my, my personal opinions about things. I, I think what every senior pastor should do is buy a cheap cell phone, like one of those cheapo jobs. I think I saw one's, one's called a jitterbug or something, Nineteen ninety nine. Am I right? Nineteen ninety nine a month, you can get a jitterbug phone. And I wish every pastor 
would buy a jitterbug phone or another cheapie and only give that number to their spouse. And on Saturday afternoon, take their cell phone, power that idiot down, and not pick it up until church is over on Sunday. How many of you think pastors should do that? Can, could you just do that by a little, a little hand clap right now? Okay. Is Derek in here or Rochelle or anybody? Somebody needs to put jitterbug on his, on his agenda uh, for tomorrow, and that's jitterbug a phone, not a dance. It's, it's a phone. We, we don't need him jitterbugging up here, but we do need him to get a jitterbug so he can be more focused when he's up here. That distraction thing goes with ministry leaders on Sunday platform. Listen, if somebody is going to be on the platform on Sunday morning, I know, and I'm I'm going to pick up my time, but I know I've gone down a a rabbit trail here, but I'm telling you, distraction's big. And you can believe that the enemy does not want a good flow coming off of this platform on Sunday morning. You can believe. You can believe he wants Zach distracted and Lacey distracted and Grant distracted and the singers distracted and in the musicians distracted. Wow, distract and he definitely wants that man distracted or whoever's gonna be preaching. Why? Distraction as is his big deal. It's mental and it's real. Does anybody agree with that? Anybody disagree? Okay. All right. Then the first eyes have it. Jitterbug bought soon. The, the second um, point to this when we're talking mental is overstimulation. Overstimulation. We live in an overstimulated country. Social media is, is something else. Digital dementia is a real deal. Brain fog is crazy. Decreased ability to concentrate. Info overload. The whole thing. I'm going to sum this whole thing up with a statement that I repeat often on overstimulation. We live in the screen age and the screens are winning. We live in a screen age, and the screens are winning. I'm telling you, that is my fight. I, I mean, it's a tool that I use all the time with, with you know, texting people, calling, writing. But, but then, my goodness, I can, I can hit the Internet, and, and 10 minutes is gone, 15 minutes is gone, 20 minutes is gone. I'm like, Terry, you did it again. None of that matters. You can't change not, not one thing, but you, you just got a little bit more of your life sucked right out of you, and it is absolutely of no good, and we all deal with that. And then another part is surfeiting, and this has nothing to do with riding a piece of wood on waves, nothing, nothing to do with that. Is speaking of intoxication and overindulgence. Intoxication and overindulgence. Luke 21, 34. I'm, I'm talking about how we can be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, And so that day come upon you unawares. We can be intoxicated by more than drink. 
the cares of life can so intoxicate us that we lose our kingdom purpose and our passion, our focus. We all fight this. Every, every one of us do. And we must be mentally strong in a spiritual manner. So now let's, let's consider the good side of mental focus. Soberness. Soberness. This is speaking of being calm and collected in spirit to be temperate, dispassionate, and circumspect. I think a couple of other words as I was studying more uh, after this handout was already completed, a couple of other words you could add in there would be modesty and restraint. And modesty deals with more than just our dress. 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. That is something we need to understand. That the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. A good soldier of Christ is to remain calm and collected in spirit, to be temperate, dispassionate, and circumspect. Is this easy? No. No, it's not easy. Well, why? Because life gets ugly. Life gets crazy. We get ticked off. Our buttons get pushed. And when that happens, our emotion tries to take over and it, that has happened to, to many of us. I'm assuming it's happened, happened to you because it's definitely happened to me more times than I want to even think. But if we do not have a sober focus, we're going to mess up. Again, and I'm hurrying to bring the landing gear down to this lesson, but again, are we going to continue to keep getting ticked off on the same level of aggravation, or are we going to mature any? Are we always going to have a short fuse? Lengthen that thing. Lengthen the fuse. Like, like let's, let's work, and it takes work. It takes, it takes work. But when we're, when we're talking about this sober business... If we don't get sober, if, if we're not sober, we're going to mess up easy. And what can happen is, is when we're not sober and we're intoxicated in our thinking, then we can be offended easily. And not only can we be offended, we can take up someone else's offense. And when you move into that, believe me, that's the shortcut to being entangled and ensnared. But soberness fixes that. There's some good verses to help us enhance our sober living. Colossians 3 and 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The easily besets us, the cyclical battles that continue to cycle. Soberness will help us with that. 
1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no take, temptation taken you, but such is common to man. Don't think that any temptation you have or any temptation I have is just a special temptation that nobody else faces. No, 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 no. It's common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to, to bury it. Run with patience. Our race, the race that is set before us, we need to be mentally strong. And then there's the physical. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this tonight. Uh, because you start talking physical, and then everybody, everybody immediately gets all edgy. And you can just feel it up here when you start talking anything physical. But 1 Corinthians 9.27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. pastor was talking Sunday, and he said, We can't conquer our flesh, but we can choose daily to crucify it. How do, we, how do we do that? I've, I've used an example of whenever I would, was teaching uh, young people, whenever I was a youth pastor many years ago. I would try to teach them to just tell yourself no periodically. Just tell yourself no. Just, just for no reason, tell yourself no. Like what? Well, you want a hamburger, eat pizza. Well, how can you be... Spiritually strong, when you want a hamburger and you choose pizza, it's not about the food. It's about really, really wanting something and telling yourself, I really want that, I can taste that, I can buy that, I, I'm just not going to do it. You, you want to go play basketball, go read your Bible. I'm not talking about every time, I'm just talking about there's got to be some times that we tell ourselves no. We got to learn to tell ourselves no when it doesn't matter, or we won't tell ourselves no when it does matter. The, the reason why that we get into these big situations that we need to tell ourselves no and we don't is because we haven't learned to tell ourselves no on the medium or the low. And so it's just some of this basic thing about your flesh wants to rule it wants control it wants to be the boss it wants everything and we've just got to look at it in the mirror and just say no 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 what that doesn't even matter it's not even hell, heaven or hell listen if we don't get smart enough to move back away from that heaven or hell jazz we're never going to be able to live in power and dominion and have authority it's not just what's heaven or hell. It's what's expedient. What, what's helping us? What's moving us forward in our life? And then, of course, there's the armor of God. If we're going to be a good soldier, Ephesians 6, 13 through 18, we're not putting those verses up, but it, it goes down. Study it. Read it if you haven't done that in a while. Loins girt with truth, breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the Spirit, prayer, su supplication, prayer, prayer, and watching. There is, there is just... He's given us the weapons. He has. He's given us the weapons. And then when you go to 
prayer, prayer and fasting, which this is talking about prayer, but when you're, when you're talking about angels and when you're, when you're talking about the name of Jesus and the blood, we, we have the weapons to be not only a good soldier, but a fierce soldier, a winning soldier, but we have to use the weapons, not our weapons, his weapons. We need to remind ourselves that he set us up to win. We really do. We need to remind ourselves that he actually created us and set us up to win if we'll do it his way. So now there's an explanation in closing. It's, it's our choice. It's enlist or draft. So when we're talking about enlist, it's I want to. This is what I say I need to do. This is what I want to do. No one is forcing me. I've counted the cost. I'm all in. I'm enlisting. And then there's the draft. I have to. I have to. Catch me if you can. The only way I'm going to serve is if I'm made to or, or I'm forced to. We, we need, and to be a good soldier, we need an enlistment attitude. We, we need, we desperately need to move in our life from I have to to I want to. That's a huge mind change that, that will help us in every area of our life, not just, not just spiritually. Now, I'm, I'm well aware there are draft dodgers. I, I get that, but good luck with that. Good, good luck with, uh, with, with trying all that. We need to enlist as, as good soldiers. Amen? How many of you have uh, been doing your best to live for God and, and, be, and be faithful uh, for, uh, let me just start it at 20 years, 20 years or more? W- would you stand? 20 years or more. I'm, I'm going to consider, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to consider 20 years up veterans. I got the microphone. I can put any number on it I want. We'll just, we'll just go at, at 20. I want to I tell all of you soldiers something. Thank you. Thank you. Keep it up. Please, keep it up. Don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of the fight. Don't get don't get tired. We must be good soldiers and we must be raising up another generation of good soldiers for Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we all stand? I think I think about what I feel when I walk into this sanctuary, and it was the same way in our previous sanctuary, I think about what I feel when I connect with, with many of you and the excitement of, what, of knowing what God desires to do in this place through, through us, and not just here, but in our homes and, and in our neighborhoods. I would, just, I would just say, yes, we have no idea of knowing what we face, but this is what we know. We know in whom we have believed. 
And we also can think back of many, many fights, wars, scraps, whatever you want to call it, that he was with us and that he helped us. And he's going to be there with us for tonight's battles and tomorrow's battles. But I do believe that the Spirit is saying, let's go deeper. Let's get serious. Let's toughen up. And let's realize we're here on a battleground, and we must be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Amen? Can we ask God to help us right now? Father, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your spirit. And God, I'm praying for those right now that feel like they're losing the battle, that they will be strengthened. I'm praying, God, for those that need to get back and pick up some of this basic training that has moved out of their life, that they will realize that that's got to be picked up and not in the morning, but tonight. We're believing for it. We're believing, God, that that there's going to be vision that's going to come to people like they have not experienced. I'm believing, God, that there are being soldiers that are going to be raised up to do great things in your kingdom in this location. Now let it be done. Help us in Jesus' name. And can the church say amen?